doing great, doing great. <laughs> We're doing good here, doing good. We're quarter quarter of the way through. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them, folks. <laughs> you guys, look. Yeah, we got it. We got it. <clears throat> we got it. We're rounding the bend. We're rounding the bend. <laughs> Welcome back to History is a Joke, a podcast where we deep dive into stories from history. This week, we will be finishing our tale on Putin. I am joined by Doug and DK. Neither of them have heard the rest of this story before, so they will be asking questions along the way and helping me tell this tale to its fullest comedic effect. Let's dive back in with Putin, part two. There were times when Putin left the concrete courtyard. Once, when he was five or six, he wandered out to the corner of the street, bombarded by loud sounds, people, and traffic. He quickly became overwhelmed by the outside life. Oh no, look at the buildings with the, with well, the cars. Well, he's probably a sensitive little kid, obviously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody yeah. sneezes, you know, and that's like... Or he was probably fucking beaten by his dad, quite So frankly. he's just... Yeah, probably. I mean, he's, he's essentially... Doesn't help he's, anything. A, he's got small man complex. I think also, I think he's a tiny little kid. And he's crammed into an apartment, crammed into Russia, crammed into these Soviet apartments, crammed into school. And, yeah, he tries to kind of peek his head around the corner. A lot corner of cramming. Gets... He's been crammed his whole life. Cramming like Rasputin. <laughs> hey, that's at Zach Hamer. Later in life, he struck out to the proverbial corner of the street again. When he and some friends snuck away at night and took the train out of the city and soon became lost. They started a fire for warmth, but soon abandoned their plan and returned home. They all, quote, got the belt for that stunt and never tried to sneak away again. Hmm. So yeah, I guess they were, there we go, they were beaten. In terms of little Putin's social relationships, he claims he never tried to command people as a younger person. He wanted to preserve his independence or diplomacy and influence his peers as opposed to overtly force his opinions. He was a below average student, Disinterested in school, it was only the fear of losing social status that Putin focused his attention on schoolwork. If he eventually wanted to be a real Russian leader or young man of any standing, he needed to be a good student and good at sports. He was, of course, heavily encouraged by his teacher and parents. His teacher even came to visit Putin's father at one point. Putin's teacher described Putin's father as strict, angry, and imposing, to the point of frightening the teacher. Um, excuse me, sir. Could I have a moment of your time? <laughs> what do you want? Out with uh, it! I, you gotta give me time to stammer. Sorry. Uh, okay. right. uh, out with it, out with it! Your son is not working to his full potential. Well, what can I do? Kill him or what? What? You must have a talk with him. Let's work on him together. Okay, you come over, you can beat him with me. That sounds good. You at home, and I at school. He could be getting better than C's. He- <laughs> Is the teacher coming on to the father? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> he catches everything on the fly, if you know what I mean. I am afraid I do not know what you mean. Okay, I'm stopping this right here before this gets R-rated. All right. Um, but uh, th- those are, minus the last little bit there, those are all real quotes. Uh, well, what can I do? Kill him or what? Wow. Oh, no, really? That's what the teacher says Putin said. 
This is, that, those were all quotes from the teacher. Jeez. Uh, from the teacher's, you know, account. Yeah, which is why the teacher had no choice but to come on to him. The sport Putin chose was... Um, yeah? Do you have a question about that? No, I was going to see if you wanted me to finish that ending, but I, I guess we got it. Is that a euphemism? You can finish it in post. The sport Putin chose was boxing. It was what, what, what was it before? It was like, or what was it between? It was like boxing, stabbing people, hitting people with a hammer. What are the other sports? Is, is like, <laughs> in Russia? Bouncing a ball, of course, is one of them. The sport Putin chose was boxing. However, after promptly getting his nose broken, he quit and sought a sport with not necessarily less contact, but a different kind. Sambo a Soviet combination of judo and wrestling. Hmm. This eventually turned into Putin studying solely judo. Mm. Judo, called the gentle way, is a system of unarmed combat developed by Japanese martial artists in 1882. The concept of judo is to throw the opponent, immobilize them with a pin, or force the opponent to submit with some sort of lock or hold. The judo philosophy involves two primary principles the maximum efficient use of energy, and the mutual welfare or benefit. This concept would have been drilled into Putin. Putin studies judo in Russia to this day, although he has lost his honorary titles. <laughs> because he's a tyrant? Yeah, what, when did he lose those, those titles? Literally in, in, with the invasion of Ukraine. Okay. Okay. Can you imagine, yeah. like, the 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 person who has to, like, go and get the belts back? Like, hey. Yeah, they have to actually go to his, yeah. Hey, Putin, uh, I don't want to. Listen, we, we sent many requests for you to mail them back to us. We sent you shipping containers and everything. And These are my belts. belts back. I will keep so, my belts. Uh, you can't take okay. away judo. Chop! Judo! Chop! <laughs> ah, ah. Judo! Chop! Ah. Hip! Ah. Hip shift! Oh, my hip. Oh, you've shifted it. <laughs> Swift and smooth. <laughs> you can't beat the Putin judo. And see. Even as a young child, Putin was fascinated with the Soviet spy and tales of espionage during the golden age of the Cold War. He had decided... <clears throat> <laughs> he had decided on going into intelligence before he had finished grade school. A major influence was the book turned multi-part movie series, The Shield and the Sword. Here is the plot, and see if you can spot any similarities to recent Putin statements, Kirka, Spring 2020. Nazis have taken hold of Europe and have turned their gaze toward Russia. One man has what it takes to infiltrate the German ranks and rise to command and sabotage from the inside. But you can see this book was really influential to him and the threat of a Nazi invasion of Europe and specifically Russia because it happened, uh, you know, and then this this sort of fantasy of this one man who's the best spy that there ever was is the yeah. only guy who can take down the entire Nazi war machine and save Russia from being, you know, a Nazi just falling like France and Britain and Norway and... Dang. Czechoslovakia and Poland and everything. He other. wanted to be James Bond. Literally, yes. Literally. This is the Russian James Bond, you know, set in the 40s and in yeah. World War II, and, and he still wants to be this. Well, we'll learn here. His mastery of the German language and ability to manipulate people was key to his covert success. This is the character in the film. Putin clearly fashioned himself after this character, obsessing over learning perfect German as a student and by honing the craft of manipulation 
as evidenced by his social interactions as a younger man. Hmm. Hmm. So here's a quote. Uh, what amazed most of all was how one minute... Oh, this is Putin. Uh, this is a, a quote from Putin about the book. What amazed me most of all was how one man's effort could achieve what whole armies could not. Uh, one spy could decide the fate of thousands of people. At least that's how I understood it, uh, if you know what I mean. <laughs> In ninth grade, Putin went to the local KGB office and bravely accosted an agent who came outside. I want to get a job with you. That's terrific, but there are several issues. First. We don't take people who come to us on their own initiative. Second, you can come to us only after the army or after some type of civilian higher education. What kind of higher education? Any! <laughs> but... Stop, no, get away from me. But what kind specifically? Oh, there's more. Okay. L law school! Am I yelling this from this? He's agent walks away. <laughs> yeah, literally as he's walking uh, away. Law school or, you know, plumbing. I don't know. Those are quotes too. Putin literally accosted a KGB agent outside of an agency. That's how he... He was so obsessed he would literally hang out of their office wow. <laughs> until someone came out and he's like, how do I become one of you? It's the same way they break into the, you know, the industry in L.A. He was expecting that the guy would say something like, well, I have a mop here. And then Send me your judo demo tapes. <laughs> Putin's family and coaches tried to talk him out of this plan to no avail. It was quite difficult to get into university at the time. 90 of the 100 spots available were reserved for army students. Only 10 remained for high school graduates. Putin went up against 40 fellow students for one of the 10 spots. He got in. During his time at school, he was supported financially by his parents. I, you probably established this already and I forgot it or something like that. What did Putin's dad do? Like, who, who was Putin's dad? Just a real piece of shit. I don't know. That's a good question. I think okay. he's probably some kind of common laborer, because considering they lived in like the shittiest apartments yeah, 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 that you could sense. do. I'll have to look it up and, and insert it for interested folks. Or follow okay. up. Um, with uh, Doug Zwick at Douglas Zwick on. You mean just just you can just at me directly with the yeah answer. directly. Right. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. That. I could have earned extra money by working construction like everyone else, but what would have been the point? I was on a construction crew once. I went to Comey where I chopped trees for the lumber industry and repaired houses. I finished the job and they handed me a packet of money, probably about one thousand rubles. In those days, a car cost thirty five hundred or four thousand rubles. But for a month and a half of work, we got 1,000. So it was good money, actually. Fantastic money. Okay, there's some Putin logic for you. That's great. I mean, he's not wrong there. The math does check out. In another repetitious act, Putin and his college friends decide they want a, quote, vacation, spending all their construction money on wine and kebabs. They hang out bumming off locals and swimming by the beaches. When it's time to return home, they fake a first-class ticket and sneak onto a ship bound for Odessa in modern-day Ukraine. They hid inside a lifeboat for the journey, eating canned fish. Yum. So he's a little bit of a scammer, you know, too, a little bit. Mm. He's not afraid to mm. kind of bend the rules and be like, no, no, yeah, we're first yeah. class, wink, wink, and then go fucking sit inside of a boat, a lifeboat, and but, hide and know. eat canned fish. Just like when he when he snuck onto that train or whatever. With yeah, his he friends, was practicing right, you know? his, uh... his. His dad should have showed up with the belt, you know. That just like how him. he mm -hmm. snuck into Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He wants to be James Bond. James Putin. He had a university sweetheart, and they planned to marry. 
It appears her love may not have been that strong, and Putin called it quits shortly before the wedding. Once, when Putin was driving, a man jumped into the road in front of his car, presumably on purpose. The man survived the collision and ran off. Wait, <laughs> what? Just presumably on purpose, or is that what Putin said? Uh, either for get... insurance or oh, maybe. Mm, right. But then why did know, he run other off? Reasons, because <laughs> it was failed. Oh. <laughs> Damn it! Scared I off. Uh, Damn it! I, I think Putin. Putin said he got out of his car and chased the man off too. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm thinking it was probably insurance fraud reasons, because that's very common. But well, especially if he, you know, if he could, Putin got out of the car and wasn't just not going to have this and suspecting that the guy is, 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 you know, trying to scam him and he comes up, comes at the guy and he's like all, you know, intimidating about it. You know, yeah. if, if this guy's not heart's not all the way in it, he's, he's just going to get up and bolt, you know? So yeah, maybe it dude. was just a, just that's a what it seems. Yeah. That takes, that takes some, some fucking, some guts. Uh, guts there to be like, Oh shit. I just hit somebody. I'm going to get out and beat the, beat the shit out of him. <laughs> well, it kind of shows the wildness of Russia yeah. at that time. Yeah. And just the craziness of like, you never know what in the fuck is going to happen. Yeah, sure. On any given day. During an evaluation in intelligence school, Putin was demarked for having, quote, a lowered sense of danger. <laughs> in fact, in his first years of university, he was overlooked for recruitment until his final year. Psst, psst, hey, kid. I'd like to talk to you about your career. Meet me in the best. Oh, shoot. Meet me in the vestibule in five minutes. I've been waiting here for 20 minutes. I'm leaving. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. I like that. It's all arranged. How would you feel if you were invited to work in the agencies? I had dreamed of this moment since I was a schoolboy. This is all I wanted. Uh, but I could not tell him that. I remembered. <laughs> I'm talking to third person. <laughs> I, <laughs> this is all I wanted. But I could not tell him that. I remembered what the agents said those years ago. They do not want agents who volunteer for the job. This guy recruited him, told him to meet him somewhere, like all spy y, and then was late. And as Putin's leaving, he's coming running up. Wait, hey, wait, wait, it's me. Like, it just shows the absurdity of the KGB and the, you know. They're running on a shoestring budget. Yeah, that's who these guys, they're 20 minutes late to their own fucking secret meetings trying to recruit someone. What what a horrible recruitment, you know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Channel. <clears throat> System. Process. Resource. Prospect. Uh, that's closer. Operation. No, no, no. Where you know the, where you know the future. Rasputin. It's bigger than a bread box. Putin's next serious love interest, who became his wife, was a flight attendant from Kaliningrad. What is it, Doug? Did I say that right? I think Kaliningrad? I think yeah. Kaliningrad. Upon first meeting Putin, she described him as plain and dull, saying later she fell hard for him. Putin and his wife... After he threatened her and said, you better say yeah, this. Yeah, after some poison. <laughs> There's more where that came from, he says. Putin and his wife were stationed in Dresden, East Germany, or the German Democratic Republic, GDR. Compared to Russia, even East Germany was prosperous. Cleaner streets, cleaner apartments, no lines of people waiting for food and other social services. Putin claims to have gained weight while in Germany. Damn. From all the good beer and food. I picture myself eating like lots of pretzels and drinking lots of 
Hefeweizen, but obviously that's not what <laughs> not what he's talking about. Because even at this time in the early '80s, NATO was enemy number one for Putin and the KGB. Hmm. NATO, or the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, was an alliance formed after Hitler's conquering of Europe. The goal being to create a coalition of defense if one member nation receives outside aggression. It was this alliance the Russians have sought so desperately to break apart. Putin worked intelligence in Dresden, East Germany, throughout the 1980s. It's not clear, for obvious reasons, exactly what Putin did. His cover was a German translator. It can most likely be assumed Putin did what most KGB agents did in that area. Collect press clippings and other mundane pieces of potential intel and catalog all the clippings. <laughs> he was just... He was just making clip art, basically. But for years and years, just going through the newspaper and being like, NATO, someone wrote about NATO, mm, cut it yeah, out, right. put it in the file. Someone said KGB in the newspaper, cut it out, he, put it in the file. Like, literally, I can't even, the the, the mind-numbingness that it must have been, thinking he was going to be James Bond and yeah, save yeah. the world from the Nazis, and yeah. he's cutting fucking newspaper clippings out. He's just <laughs> doing craft hour for 10 years, yeah. It's got one of those sticks of glue. It's like purple glue with the... We know his agency, the KGB, worked alongside the GDR government and the Stasi, the East German State Security Force. Their name, appropriately, sounds like Nazi. The Stasi is considered one of the most effective and repressive secret police forces in human history. The KGB were spying on the West, but the Stasi were spying on the German citizens specifically. The Stasi generated millions of files on citizens throughout Germany and arrested a quarter of a million people. The Stasi conducted covert psychological and combat operations on the people of Germany, as well as ventured into foreign countries, seeking out and destroying anyone they saw as an enemy of the state. The KGB held offices in most Stasi buildings, spying on the spies. It appears the relationship between the two foreign agencies was largely friendly, both fulfilling a need of the other. So the Stasi was the was the German secret. Yeah. Secret. And then the mm -hmm. KGB also had their fingers in the old Stasi. But they did did they did they relate? Did they was it like the FBI and the CIA talking or something or No, I think they were still suspicious. They had common goals and and East Germany was technically under Soviet control. Okay. So they were you know, this was your big brother's police right. force in around. So you got to, you know, maybe it sounds like it was largely friendly and they were scratching each other's backs for the most right. part. They okay. were eyeing on the people. At least enough that they allowed them to have offices. Yeah, offices in the same building right next to each other. That meant that obviously showed a certain level of comfort that they yeah. were. They had like a so inner inner office softball tournaments, and they'd have the teams would be like you know everyone who actually works for us is on one team, and everyone who's a spy is another team, and then let's get people to volunteer who wants to play on the spy team first. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And then uh, anyone who raises their hand, they just get shot. Never did play that baseball game. Because they only had one team, Zach. Come on. Brings a new meaning to the seventh inning stretch. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't know what you're saying. I, I don't either. Actually, I just I wanted to get another baseball reference in there. Until one fateful night when everything changed. November 9th, 1989. The German people, fed up with the literal walls keeping them captive and the relentless terrorizing by the KGB and Stasi, listened to a confusing press conference on the evening of November 9th, which culminated in the toppling of the Berlin Wall later that night. Yeah. 
Tear it down. I mostly only remember like MTV music videos and stuff. Winds of Change, you know that that song? It's a good song. It's a really good song. That's right, DK. And there's a whole conspiracy theory that that was written by uh, the CIA. Oh, no. Did you know that? I did not know that. There's a whole podcast about that. Take a listen, Winds of Change. uh, What is that? Uh, White, not White Snake. Warrant? It's, it's Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion. Oh, Scorpion. Scorpion. Are you sure it's not Warrant? Yeah. Scorpion. No, Scorpion. I yep. love that the, that's their, like, the side gig. The CAA has a side gig of yeah, that's writing right. a band. Well, this, yeah. it came from, obviously, all kinds of true stories of CAA, you know, yeah. uh, using culture wars and co- different types of culture, mm. and the fact that the CIA did engage in smuggling different kinds of, quote, banned media across into East yeah. Germany and into you know, to help. And so one of the theories was, okay, maybe they didn't write it, but maybe an agent had a trunk full of Scorpion Winds of Change and drove into East Germany. He was on the corner like, hey, you want to check out my demo? You want to check out my demo? They're like, listen, we need you to bring in, we need to smuggle in a trunk full of scorpions, okay? He's like, you got it. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Don't even finish that thought. Not those scorpions. To to answer your question though, Zach, I uh, I wasn't born for another fifteen years after this. DK, DK. According to your dating profile, anyway, at DK Reinheimer on Plenty of Fish. I remember similar to what Doug said, just sort of visuals of it. I I do remember kind of some news stuff, but I was it was so too too caught up in knitting and playing violin and working with felt as an alternative hippie so you're, kid were you amish oh oh right that's right that's right were you, you amish out. yeah i got out basically got out, the, got out of the game he's he's still on an extended drum springer actually all right yeah. you know what dk will do a bonus episode on uh homeschooling sometime then oh hey i'm in nice east german citizens you may remember were not allowed to leave east germany which spawned decades of walls, bobbed wire, checkpoints, and daring and desperate escape attempts. We could do an entire episode on dramatic escapes from East Germany. By 1989, all of the Eastern Bloc Soviet satellite countries were also fed up with the dictatorial rule imposed on them. The idea from Otto von Habsburg, the last crown prince of Austria-Hungary until the end of World War I, was to test the grip of Mikhail Gorbachev, the current leader of Russia, and an old Stalin associate. The idea was to hold a pan-European picnic on the Austria-Hungarian border, a peaceful demonstration of Eastern Europe's dissolution with communism and Soviet control. On August 19th, Soviet-gripped Hungary allowed Hungarian and GDR citizens to cross the border into free Austria and continue to the West. These were both GDR vacationers and those made aware of the temporary border opening. Were you pausing for us to say something funny? No, I'm just trying to read my typos here. Thousands traveled through the Eastern Bloc countries from East Germany to witness or attempt to cross. It was the largest mass exodus of GDR citizens since the construction of the Berlin Wall began. The first crack in the Iron Curtain had formed and humanity poured through. Over the next two months, Soviet refugees entered the West through Hungary capitalizing on the long-standing agreement with the Czech Republic to allow relatively free travel for communist citizens, hence the GDR vacationers in Hungary. 
As East Germany fought this exodus, there was new leadership in the GDR, promising change. When the change did not come, the largest demonstration in East Germany, with between 500,000 and a million people attending. That was on November 4th. On November 9th, the GDR drafted a new emigration policy, allowing all GDR citizens to cross border checkpoints into West Germany, unperturbed. Nice. Man, 500,000 to a million, that's like Coachella. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to the fumbled press conference on the evening of November 9th. The East Berlin party leader and spokesperson had not been present for the deliberations and only had a non-specific note of the decision to go off of. Mm. When a shocked press corps asked when the new immigration policy went into effect, Gunter Schabowski shrugged and guessed, Immediately? Within hours, GDR guards were opening gates, allowing people to cross without identity checking. And someone takes a sledgehammer to the Berlin Wall. So so was he wrong in that immediately? Was it supposed to be like six months to a year? I believe that there was supposed to be a plan to bridge this gap. Either way, he, yeah, they, he just said immediately. And, that's, and so everyone went off of that, I guess. But yeah. it also just goes to show how fragile... Uh, these, um, right. you know, uh, dictatorial rules are, you know, these... Yeah, all it took was some guy going, uh, I don't know, immediately? And the whole thing just crumbles down. All right, go! Boom, it's done. Yeah, it's like, we should have done this years ago. You know, and it goes to show that it's all also about public perception and public persuasion. Yeah. It was clear the people were fed up. At that point, all it takes is a shrug, and the people are like, fuck it, the guards yeah. flip the gates up. Yeah. Fuck it. You know, you know, but it's in 1961, a press conference wouldn't have done it when soldiers are putting bricks, you know, right. and, and, and shit down, you know, no press conference is going to, is going to just, a shrug isn't going to stop that. The trains left the station, but, uh, you know, 30 years after that, yeah, people are like done. Yeah. So power the people, right? Power the peeps. Yes. The peeps. Back in Dresden, Putin and his fellow agents frantically shoved documents into a furnace so full it eventually explodes. Kind of like when Trump just shoved all those documents into the toilet. Yeah, just, you know, literally. Into the oh, toilet, so... Literally. Yeah. Demonstrators gathered outside the gates of the Ministry of Security that houses the Stasi and KGB. No longer afraid, the crowd demands to be let in. Putin's fellow agents ignore the amassing crowd. Putin decides to confront them. What do you want? We want to destroy this horrible Stasi institution that has terrorized our people for so long. I should take that again here. They're German. They're German, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to. We, we want to destroy Sorry, this I didn't, I horrible know if I made Stasi that. institution. Yeah, institution. We want to destroy this horrible Stasi institution that has terrorized our people for so long. Uh, that is your business, but we are a Soviet military organization sharing the building. Then call your government. Uh, okay, I don't have them on the line. It's uh, maybe. <laughs> Look it up in the yellow pages. Oh, yellow pages. <laughs> Look in the, the the fourth fourth drawer to the left. The red pages. It wasn't a bad suggestion. The anger and frustration of the crowd reaching a fever pitch. Putin, beginning to fear for his life and safety, retreated inside and called his command for backup and further instruction from Moscow his fellow agents preparing their firearms. Uh, guys, we gotta get ready. I might have to do my judo. <laughs> we cannot do anything without... <clears throat> sorry. 
We cannot do uh, anything go ahead, without Dirk, orders. Go ahead. You take this one, Dark. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying, DK. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah. We cannot do anything without orders from Moscow, and Moscow is silent. The reply must have sent a chill down Putin's spine. We do know it started his loss of faith in communism, Gorbachev, and totalitarian rule in Eastern Europe. He was abandoned, basically, in Dresden. Damn. After the Eastern German government collapsed, Putin was removed as an active KGB agent. In part, due to Russia's suspicions, Putin was no longer faithful to the government, oh, yeah. which was true. Yeah, he got fuck. He got the boot out of his dream job. Yeah. Think of that. Jeez. How much that must have hurt. Wow. Yeah. Not only did he not get to be the hero spy, <laughs> that's probably why he was the only one who walked out to talk to the crowd. He was probably like, "I am James Bond. I will solve all of the Soviets' problems." Yeah, he wanted to be the face and of uh, the KGB and represent. His brief rendezvous with the demonstrators also added to the accusations of Putin's collusion with the crowd. Hmm. This culminated in Putin's resignation and support of the 1991 Soviet coup attempt against Gorbachev. Mm -hmm. That's right, Putin supported a coup against his own government. Oh, sounds familiar. Trump much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. January 6th vibes. After the dissolution of the Soviet Union later that same year, Putin joined the local St. Petersburg government and spent the mid-90s rising in the new Russian government in Moscow. By 2000, Putin was president of Russia, and the rest, as they say, is history. This is a jokes podcast. Wow. And history, as they say, is a joke, right? Right? See? That's what you... Yeah, that's how you should do it. You're welcome. Wow. Um, so I'm a little bit disappointed that you didn't say anything about the Pizza Hut commercial with Gorbachev in it. <laughs> Tell us about that. You, wow. you know, well, there was one. That's that's kind of the whole thing. There was there's a Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut was a chain in Russia. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. I know yeah, what you're exactly. talking about. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they had the people who were. He, he he goes into the Pizza Hut and everyone there is grateful for their that they can have Pizza Hut and they see him and they're they're really, they're really like cheerful and, and and appreciative of him doing all that he did to let them have Pizza Hut or something like that. It was, yeah. It was kind of yeah, weird. apparently Gorbachev was way more of a, like, force against, you know, pulling against Russia out of that communist bloc. Than, than, but, he did, but he didn't admit yeah. it at first. He had to, like, be pretty sneaky about it to get into mm. his position of power and then helped um, kind of make that transition pe- peacefully, yeah. more peacefully yeah. than, than I think what, than would have happened if he hadn't, uh, if he'd come clean off the top, you know? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Well, cool. Thank you all so much yeah. for, uh, for lending your time. I'll let you get back to work, Doug. Thanks. Appreciate uh, that. We got it just about on the mark there, three minutes after four. So yeah, good work, hey. everybody. I was, I was impressed. Yeah, you guys did. Yeah. It's hey. always in the middle. It always, the you know, it's always darkest before the dawn. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we made it through, yeah. and that was some, there was some dark stuff, but thank you guys so much. Yeah, that was that one uh, time for, uh, when DK just wouldn't shut up, you know, and it was just like. <laughs> oh, and then also, um, like the top part of my tooth is just like, I had to, I had to chip at it for a bit. <laughs> Really, really quickly though, uh, uh, DK, what's what's coming up? What's your what are your handles and what what do you want to what do you want to let the people know? Oh, when is this coming out? Is it coming out soon? I um, let's see, I'll be soon in, uh, in a month or so. I'll be in Orlando, Florida, from May 18th through the end of May, doing a brand new solo show. 
that I'm writing called DK Fully Clothed, a comedy show about the naked truth. And that's going to be a blast. So come check that out. You can find me at, at DK Reinemer on all, uh, all the socials, you know, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. I've got, I've probably got two pages. I'm, just pick one. Um, and, uh, you know, YouTube. I got a Patreon page if you want to join and watch a bunch of silly videos that I made and, you know, donate to an artist that's creating. I do stuff there. I got YouTube. Uh, how about you, Doug? Um, well, yeah, actually. So you could, you could share um, a link to my to the Digipen TV Twitch channel. Uh, that's uh, uh, I host. Of course, I work for our, the Digi- yeah Twitch. I work for the Digipen show, the Digipen show, which runs on Twitch.tv slash Digipen TV. That is basically just kind of a more or less a variety he, show. You know, he's a, he's an art instructor at Digipen. He is to he paints miniatures, and he designed so himself that he, he's going to be involved. Uh, we, included he had a copy, and I had a copy, and we both painted them. And and I never painted. Anyway, yeah, it's good stuff, and it runs on. Yeah, Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash digipentv. Cool. That's our show. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed. You can reach out at historiesajokepodcast at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at historiesajokepod. You can find us online at lavenderfingerproductions.com. You guys are really confident there's going to be a lot of Twitter action out of these things. <laughs> no, DK, just prepare your inbox, okay? Prepare your inbox. I'm going to have to hire someone to... Fuck, I, can't, I can't field all these Twitter ads. All right, now that I've ended the the, uh, the Zoom call, I just want to say that DK sucks. I never will have anything to do with him again. That's the last time we'll ever work with him. Thank you so much. Goodbye. History's a Joke podcast is supported by listeners like you. Find us on Venmo at History's a Joke.